Blog Talk Radio. John LeCron, this is Marty Oakley from the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. When we posted the promo for the show, we talked about murdering for profit. And, of course, many of you reared up and choked and your panties got in the wad because uh, nobody murders for profit. Uh, excuse me, wrong answer. Um, you might try hospice. They murder for profit. We do a show every two weeks with Marsha Joyner called Betrayed by Hospice, where we report real cases of where futility of care was called on non-terminal patients. They were dehydrated and starved and then drugged to death. They do it all the time. It's worth about 30 grand a pop. If you look at this recent COVID hoax, like I've said many times, the only people dying were in a hospital or nursing home, maybe in a jail, but they were in a collected position. And the treatment they were giving them or withholding at times is what killed them. They still have never proved that that happened, but the hospital got 12500 or the doctor for the diagnosis of COVID. So even if you got in a bad car crash, and you looked a little congested when they did the autopsy on you. They say died with COVID. So you could die with anything to inflate those figures. Wouldn't be that you hit somebody else doing 100 miles an hour. That couldn't have been it. Must have been COVID. They get paid 12500 in the hospital. You get thirty-eight five for hooking them up to a ventilator. Most people don't survive more than nine days on a ventilator. Some people do. Um, they pay for it the rest of their lives. But for hooking that ventilator up, same thing, remdesivir, a drug that has been slapped down ever since it first appeared about five, six years ago. It is deadly. It doesn't work. What it will do is put you in orbit and take you out. I I don't know how many times you have to be hit with this stuff before it dawns on you. This isn't a conspiracy theory. These are conspiracy facts. There's a difference between forming a theory for which you have no basis for your assumptions. You just think something, and when you actually have a conspiracy that you are factually proving out, there's a big difference. But hollering conspiracy theory is the easy way out. That way you don't have to look at anything. You don't have to think about anything. Um, and God forbid anybody should give you any evidence of anything to believe. We have had several conspiracies over time. Uh, his murder for profit, think of President Kennedy. Do you think it was just about taking him out? No, there was money to be made there. Uh, 911, big money maker, also an inside job. That has been borne out by aviation specialists and uh, construction specialists and architects and everything else that this could not have happened the way they said it did. 
It couldn't have happened. But, of course, there again, you want to be scared, so you go ahead and be scared. I'd, I'd rather be pissed off, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't like being scared, and I don't like being lied to. There's been too many instances throughout history. Think of our military. We send them to wars in countries that have done nothing to us, and they get killed. And many times, the officers, um, the corporals, or not corporals, but the colonels and so on, have taken out what they call dead peasant policies on officers. So if they get killed, they collect the insurance, not the family. Now think about that one a little bit. There is so much going on that you can't even cover it all. If we stayed on the air all night, we couldn't cover it all. So we're going to hit the high points. And so I'm going to turn this over to John Macron. John, take it away. Give him an education. Yes, education it is. Those of you who are awake and aware, this is probably going to be a little bit of old story. But for many of you who don't know, we have been a long time since we've had this conversation, so let's go there. First of all, <clears throat> let's look at the facts. The United States is a federal corporation. It's not a country, ladies and gentlemen. Contrary to what they want you to believe, the United States is not a country. It is a corporation. Look it up yourself. 28 United States Code. All right, no, uh, let me see. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, 28 United States Code. And uh, you can verify that simple truth, Section 3002, 15A, the United States is a federal corporation. The word federal means by agreement or by contract, and corporation is nothing more than a trust. It is a debt entity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to the show, you know that I have called the United States a corporation from the founding of the quote-unquote country. What happened there? Simple. There was a war that was fought. And again, if you think the American quote-unquote patriots won the war, please read the peace treaty. Please read it. Because when you actually do that, you start questioning that little narrative. There were war reparations that had to be paid back to England. The colonies were business projects, ladies and gentlemen. Plain and simple. They were business enterprise. They were chartered by the quote-unquote king. And when the quote-unquote patriots got a little bit too uppity, well, let's just say king was exercising his rights of ownership. Now, with regards to all that, again, you didn't have a bunch of folks in red coats that came from overseas. I like to refer to the Revolutionary War as America's first civil war, because that is literally what it was. Look it up in your history books, folks. Look it up. They considered themselves to be subjects of the king, and they put on a red uniform to fight those quote-unquote freedom fighters. The war was started, as all wars are started, for a simple process called profit. So what is the purpose of business enterprises? After this war, well, now we had to have a way of paying back the war reparations in order for the peace treaty to be in full effect. 
Now, how do we do that? Because the liability was on each one of the states. Each one of the states, what we call the states, we call them colonies originally, each one of them had liabilities because they had armies and they took on debts and stuff like that. And they says, oh, no, we don't want this. We've got to have a central location. And again, if you haven't heard me talk about the Constitution, what is a constitutive, folks? I want you to think about this. Look it up. Research it. A constitutor, someone who agrees to pay the debts of another. That's all a constitutor is. And you say, well, whose debts? States, former colonies. To who? The king. Why? War reparations. And again, folks, it's all there if you want to actually read the 1783 Peace Treaty. They say armies, navies, they would withdraw those things if all was well. And if there was agreement and contract. Ladies and gentlemen, they didn't run overseas with their tail between their legs. They didn't do it. They decided it's more profitable to have control over this thing called government. And we basically, at that point, had a central location for them to manipulate control. If you don't comprehend the nature of central banks and how they work, again, all tied in directly to the Vatican, all tied into the city of London. The bank of the quote-unquote United States was a private entity controlled by private parties because the war reparations had to be made. So you had this brand new constitution from this brand new form of government, and the argument was said, well, we now have a constitutional republic, a representative form of government. And that was a beautiful thought. It was a beautiful thought. But right out the starting gate, right from the very beginning, there was undermining of it. And again, if you don't know your history, you don't comprehend that that battle has been going on forever. The Federalist and the Anti-Federalist. The Federalist believed in a strong central government. The Anti-Federalist believed in a strong state government. And initially, the states won out. That's how come you got the first ten amendments, known as the Bill of Rights, in the Constitution. Not that they follow their own documents anymore. But that's why they were put there, because otherwise, most of those states never would have signed off on it. Remember, the Articles of Confederation were just supposed to be tweaked the end of the war, but no, that's not what happened. What happened was something very different. What kind of government have you given us? A republic, if you can keep it. Powerful words, ladies and gentlemen. So the United States has always been a constitutional republic from the perspective of people being told this. 
But now what are they saying? No, we're a democracy. We're a democracy. We're making the world safe for democracy. Folks, my definition of a democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting for what's for dinner. A republic, at least the sheep is armed and can contest the vote. But you see, again, you are perceiving that you have certain quote-unquote rights that are unalienable. Again, that's the whole argument, right? That's what they say about it. They say, well, we did this war for this reason. We were tired of following the king's little flippant orders, all his little tax collectors. And again, all wars are bankers' wars. That should be old history for anybody that's listened to this show. So what happened? We had a second war, I like to call it, Civil War 2.0. And that was, of course, the War of 1812. And again, what was that about? The same stuff. Money. Abducting of sailors off of American ships was one of the big issues, but it was always about money. And when people say, well, you know, in the Third Civil War, a.k.a. the War of Northern Aggression, and the South succeeded. They didn't have the right to leave the Union. Oh, yeah? According to their constitutions, they did, especially since the constitutions weren't being followed by the North. But go back to the War of 1812. Originally, one of the 13 colonies that became a state threatened to leave the Union in 1814, I think it was, because they didn't want to go to war with England. Too much of a financial interest tied in. See, folks, again, you have to think outside the box. It's just business. It's not personal. The mafia thinks this way. So does government. It's government by threat and duress. Ladies and gentlemen, and if you don't recognize that taxation is theft and that you are being controlled through the use of threat of force or actual force, then you are clueless. We've explained its law is simple. It is not complicated. People make it out to be incredibly difficult. It requires attorneys and all these years in law school to learn policies and procedures that have nothing to do with law, I would like to add. Law is simple. Three tiny little words. Eight little letters. Do no harm. That's real law. And anything that goes outside of that sphere of do no harm, where people are actually harmed, and there's a winner, and somebody loses and is forced to do something against their will. We haven't seen any of that in the last year and a half, have we? Nah. The conspiracy theorist, John, those clot shots mean nothing other than a lot of people dead, a lot more very injured. More dying every day. I was talking to a friend of mine a little earlier today. And uh, her and her husband, they had a baby just recently. And they wanted to go to Alaska. But to go to Alaska, they had to go through Canada, the drive. 
Well, in order to do that, they had to get the clot shot. Well, they did. And now a healthy 29-year-old woman, dead baby, without mom. Husband, without mom, now raising a single little girl. Folks, when we say murder for profit, it's not a joke. And we're going to explain all that in a minute. But I'm again, I'm trying to give you a backdrop of this thing called government. Latin origin words, gouverneur, where you get the word government and to govern, which means to control. And mente, mint, mind. Government, when we use the word government, it literally means to control the mind, a.k.a. mind control. Yes, you know that Marty and I are anarchists. We do not accept the dictations of criminal enterprises, and that's what these things are. And we don't care if you're offended when we say that because we're enlightened enough to see goons for being goons, criminals for being criminals. What is the nature of these corporations? And again, they've been corporations since day one. Don't believe me? Go look it up on Dun and Bradstreet. I don't care what you look up. Look up the United States. You'll discover it's a corporation on Dun and Bradstreet. Look up your favorite state of corporation, Tennessee, Illinois, Alaska. Look it up. It trades on Wall Street. Your favorite county, your favorite city, your favorite town are all corporations, unless there's a little sign that as you walk into the, or go through the community, it says unincorporated. There are a few places out there like that, which is great. Again, if you don't recognize it, every step of the way is one corporation and a subcorporation and a subcorporation are all tied into it. That's why every little thing, even down to your local dog catcher, is actually federal law. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's actually federal law because, again, federal by agreement, by contract. And when they say, oh, we have these millions of new laws every year. People say, what are you talking about? They're not joking. Every little act is nothing more than more of their process of contracting. That's it. You have been press gang to serve these corporations. It's a slavery that they didn't bother to inform you of. And again, we're going to talk, go into the war of northern aggression now. What happened? The United States has been in bankruptcy multiple times where they've just moved all the assets away and just left the liabilities. And when the states in the southern region decided that they were tired of all the abuse they were taking from the north, taxes, and said, kiss off, we don't need you, what happened? Lincoln got up in arms. Oh, my gracious, they left the Union. Our cash cow is gone. And it was a cash cow. It was never a fight over slavery. Well, actually, it was a fight over slavery, just not the kind that you've been told it was. 
they created a new constitution after that war in 1868. But again, people don't know that. See, there's the constitution of and the constitution for, and the way that the letters are stylized matters. Because again, it was a brand new thing. But did they bother to tell anybody? No, they don't tell you. They don't want you to know the background and the truth of the matter. God, no. You might get a little upset about it. Because again, if you don't know the foundation of how you even became a state, let me explain to you how it worked. To become a state in the quote-unquote union, you had to have a majority of people in that quote-unquote region vote in favor of joining the union. And their land that they were on was put into trust. The Indians put some of their lands into the trust, and the white man ripped them off. They were made promises. They were made cash promises, and they were cheated of it. Again, by these same criminal bankers, but that's a story for another day. Violence is the tool used to take possession of something. But now they say, oh no, we can't have violence. Can't you? I want you to really think about something. The last time you got drugged into court by one of these corporations, I don't care for what purpose. You think that wasn't a form of violence? Did you not feel some threat and dress, or were you super excited to go in there? Yes, I'm going to court today. Hallelujah. Of course not. Did you harm anybody? If you're listening to the show, I suspect not. I suspect it was over some petty little thing that was a quote-unquote law, which wasn't. See, there's something called positive law, and then there's the legalese bull that they are promoting. Positive law has certain criteria. In a nutshell, it's not a, you will not do this, you will not do that. That's not what positive law is. Positive law is simple. Do no harm. And you sit there and you look at all these little statutes and codes and stuff like that. And then you sit there and you look and uh, in their actual documents. They'll actually say whether it's a positive law, yes or no. And you'll make an interesting discovery. The word no is prevalent. Why? Because it's statute, code, and contract. It is not law. Again, if you haven't listened to this show before, let me remind everybody what a valid contract represents. A valid contract has four elements to it. Four. Full disclosure. means you're told everything about the contract. A meeting of the minds. Oh, I'm in full agreement with this contract. I don't have a problem with it. And if I do, we're going to negotiate it until I'm okay with the contract. Mutual consideration. Everybody gets something out of the deal. It isn't a one-sided contract. You do this or else. That's extortion, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, the 
wet ink signatures of a corporation's president or the autographs of a man or a woman. Those are the four elements to a valid contract. Do they do? They have a different way of doing it. It's called offer and acceptance. They make you an offer. Would you like to be a United States 14th Amendment corporate debt slave? Yes, master. And again, if you do not realize that the original 13th Amendment was called the Title of Nobilities Act and was actually in state constitutions as a valid law, oh, it never passed. Bull. It was in state constitution, so it was valid. It said Lincoln couldn't be president. Why? He had a foreign title of an attorney. Mm-hmm. And again, what is a bar attorney? British Accreditation Regency. And what's the definition of an attorney according to a book that's a couple hundred years old? Because it took a book a couple hundred years old for us to find the answer to an actual definition of what an attorney is. An international shipping clerk. An international shipping clerk. Does that sound like they know anything about law? No, they don't. They know zip about law. And they'll argue, well, I went to law school for so many years, and I had to do this for so many years, and then I had to do all this other thing. Bull. What did I say five minutes ago? Law is simple. Do no harm. Everything else is contract based on fraud. So when they make this offer and acceptance, I've used this example on Marty's show before, and I'm going to use it again if Marty doesn't mind. And no, this isn't a threat against Marty. I love Marty. She's a sweetheart. She's been big whistleblower. But if I go to Marty and I say, Marty, I'm such a generous soul. I'm going to give you a million dollars. And Marty says, John, bless you. Bless you. Thank you. She accepted the terms of the contract. But if I don't tell her the rest of the contract, she doesn't recognize the danger. Because the rest of the contract is, and after I give it to you, I'm going to murder you and take my million dollars back. Now, do you think she'd still have that, oh, John, bless you and thank you mentality? Of course not. She'd be ludicrous to do that. So when they enslave you, when they press gang you to serve their corporations and enforce it with their goons with costumes, badges, and guns, or their armies, ladies and gentlemen, that's not contract. That's the use of force, threat, and duress to get your will. We call that terrorism. But governments can't do terrorism. Oh, boy, somebody's asleep. What do you think wars are? You think wars are just great old parties. Hey, let's get down and start killing one another. Again, all you people saying, governments don't kill. That's a conspiracy theory. Boy, are you ignorant of your history. Governments murder daily through their agents, whether they're wearing costumes, badges, and guns. And by the way, folks, for your information, a badge is a symbol for a letter of mark and reprisal. And if you don't know what a letter of mark and reprisal, the good news is I'm going to tell you what that is. And again, look it in your constitution because it's there. 
See, if you're out there as a pilot, punishment for piracy is. Whether it's out on the seas or on land, it doesn't matter. Piracy, the crime of piracy gets you killed, executed, as well it should. But if you have what's called a letter of mark and reprisal, that means you're at war with somebody. I go up and I've got a little army over here and I say to the king, hey king, I need a letter of mark and reprisal and I will fight your enemies for you. And in exchange, I'm going to give you some of the gains that I get from it. And if I lose, well, they get killed and you don't care anyway. And all I need you to do is write out this letter of mark and reprisal and hand it to me so that I don't get killed for piracy. Well, the king says, oh, this is a great deal. Worst case scenario, he gets killed. I'm not out anything. Best case scenario, he brings me all the booty that he got and all the captured ships and all the slaves he gets and all these other things. And I get rich off of stealing and murdering other people. That's letter of mark and reprisal, folks. And that's every costume, badge, and gun that's out there. And again, I don't care if you're offended because those police policy are not peace officers. They don't call them peace officers. They call them police policy. And again, you don't know what a sheriff is? I'm going to tell you what a sheriff is. Sheriff, origin of that word, Shire Reeve. What was a Shire Reeve? Oh, that was a tax collector for the king. Don't pay your property taxes? Guess who comes and knocks on your door and kicks you off your land? Oh, that would be the sheriff. Nothing has changed other than the fact they've managed to blind everybody into this mistaken belief that they require a master to control over their lives. That's it. And these corporations got the power because they had the access to the resources through taxation. And what do they do with these resources? Do they spread it out and make sure everybody's taken care of and do things that are good for the community? No. They figure out how to get more resources and more resources. And when they run out, they take, raise the taxes and get more resources. When I say these people are a parasite class, that's what I mean. They are parasites. The problem is, unlike fleas, ticks, and other parasites, which just take a little blood and may poison you a little bit, which could theoretically kill you, these parasites have now sucked the lifeblood out of us in every sense of the word. They've destroyed everything. They shut down the economy over a hoax event 201. They lied to people and said, oh, we have something here. It will keep you out of the hospital. It will protect you from something that doesn't even exist and they can't even identify, but they'll tell you they've identified several different strains of it. And if you don't know that the CDC has got that patent for that BS, again, I can't help you. That's not conspiracy theory, folks. That's fact, and they admit it. They told you, you get the injection, you've got AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Mm -hmm. Interesting how all these people that have been injected 
all of a sudden don't have an immune system. Hmm, I wonder how that happened. Again, if you've been listening to Marty and me, we told you back in May of 2020, whatever they offer you here in the near future, you want nothing to do with it. It's a big kill plan. We warned you. We told you. And when I sit here and I talk about global economic reset because they've destroyed the world, again, that's not a conspiracy theory, folks. World leaders are talking about it daily. It's not a theory. It is a fact. They are handing out Federal Reserve notes left, right, and center, saying here to all their favorite buddies. And what are they doing with all these Federal Reserve notes? They're buying up real tangible assets with their worthless fiat currency. What is the Federal Reserve? A criminal foreign European banking enterprise with ties to the Rothschilds and the Vatican. Fact. What is a note? A debt instrument. And again, if you listen to this show, 12 United States Code 411, go look it up yourself. 12 United States Code 411, what is a Federal Reserve note? A negotiable debt instrument and a liability to the United States Corporation. This isn't complicated, folks. This isn't rocket science. This is simple. So what is the nature of these corporations? Pulling resources for profit. So when I say go look at your quote-unquote all-capital letter name judge downtown, you'll find he trades on Wall Street. You'll find the local courthouse trades on Wall Street. Oh, you thought those things actually had something to do with law? No, it's private contracting. Think about some other things. When you have a county charter or a city charter, guess where it goes? Oh, well, John, there's your example right there. It goes up to the state capitol and it voted on by the state. Uh-huh. You really believe that? Are you that naive? City of Clarksville, private act. It didn't say public, it said private act. Do you know how many people voted on that for Clarksville, Tennessee? One state senator and three state representatives. Hello? It really is time to wake up. Desperately. Because when they're busy destroying this world, they were going to bring in a brand new one. And they're going to make the offer, here, take our little card. It has free money on it. It's the brand new currency. It's the new thing. Of course, it's also tied into your social credit score. They'll be able to track everything you do. Think that they don't already do that with some of what you do every time you swipe that credit card. Every time you sit there and write your proverbial check, facial recognition information all over there. Now, what do they have you doing? You go up to the checkout counter at Wally World. What do you have? Facial recognition. Do they have people checking you out? No. You're expected to do it yourself. Hey, do they give you any profits? Do they drop the prices? No. Have you seen prices drop lately? Of course not. Inflation. Inflation isn't what people have been told it is. 
It's a debasement of the currency, so it requires more of the same to get a depleting amount of actual resources. It's a financial thing. It's an economic thing. It's not the corporations, meaning the manufacturers or the producers, getting greedy. It's the fact that the dollar has bought less and less and less. The dollar has lost its world reserve status, folks. It already has. It's over for the dollar. You've been living the high life off of inflating the currency outside of the Americas. We exported our inflation overseas, and we laughed and we laughed. Look, they're taking our worthless fiat currency, and they're sending us real stuff. Ha, ha, ha. You think that lasted forever? Oh, no. Now it's coming back to us in a flood. Now all this foreign money is coming back. And what is it buying? Land. Real estate. Buildings. Factories, labor, uh-huh, time to wake up. Why is it that houses are now so expensive, the basement of the currency? And they're destroying it by design, folks. This isn't a surprise. shouldn't be. The Federal Reserve note has been around since 1913. What is that? 109 years. And when they didn't renew the 100-year charter of the Federal Reserve back in 2013, that was my first clue. Okay? It's 2013 now. This should be all over the news that they've got to renew the charter for the Federal Reserve. Silence. Absolute silence. Oh, that was a big clue to me. Because I was looking for it for the entire year of 2013, and I kept looking in 2014. Nope. What happened? The Federal Reserve was swallowed up. Again, if you don't know that the Treasury was out of our control after 1933, I can't help you. See, the United States Treasury wasn't what you were told it was. I had to pay taxes to the IRS for the government every year at April the 15th. Too, isn't it, folks? <laughs> like those extortion fees, I got a friend of mine that told me in no uncertain terms, they don't like the $40,000 check they're going to have to write. Don't blame them. I wouldn't want to write it either. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem, but if you don't comprehend the nature of contracts, you can't comprehend what's going on with that April the 15th thing. What does it say? At the very top of every one of those green pieces of cloth, Federal Reserve Note, for the use of all Federal Reserve, why are we using it? That should be just between the bankers, right? Because they sold you a bill of goods. They told you to use their fiat currency, and we bought into it, hook, line, and sinkle. What happened in 1933? And again, if you're listening to this show, you already know. The very first words out of the mouth of the newly anointed 
banker, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, which, by the way, folks, look this up. Go to any of the printed versions on any government website. You will not find these words there. You'll see some dots. They don't put it there. But if you want to hear the man speak them, you can still find the videos out there. And what does the man say? And always remember this, folks. In a contract, that which comes before takes precedence over anything that comes after. 1933. Today is a day of national consecration. At the height of the Depression. What does that mean, you say? Well, good news is I'm going to tell you. Today is the day. What did he do? This man called FDR, a CEO of a corporation. What did he do? He gave you a new deal. But that new deal wasn't very equitable to the slaves, now was it? What does the word nation mean, national, nation? That's not the country, folks. That's the corporation masquerading as government, a city-state out of Washington, a district of criminals. That's a fact. What does consecration mean? You're working for the church. And I always love driving this one home. Vatican banking anybody? Clueless we are. We go to the polls. What is a poll? What is your opinion? What is your opinion? Who do you want to be ruled by? What do the polls say? And if you haven't followed the fact that they manipulate these polls so ridiculously, legitimate polling should have no more than a 2 or 3% variance. No more than a 2 or 3% variance. Now, my first introduction in fraudulent polling, this, you'll love this story. Yes, there was a time that I was actually very politically active in running for the position of state representative for my area because I wanted to be a big thorn in the side of both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. See, I was equal opportunity in Neuer, even back in the day when I was still voting for my slave masters. There was a poll that came out. Austin P. did it and said I had 15% was all I was going to get in a two-way race. And I knew that was such bull. My signs were coating the county everywhere. I mean, I was out there knocking on doors. I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, which was meet people and talk to them and put out my signs in their front yard, which I was very successful at, I would like to add. So I called up the guy that did the poll. I says, what was your polling for my race? How many people did you ask? Do you want to know what the answer was? One. Excuse me, you pulled one individual to assume that I would pull 15%. By the way, I pulled 39, 
case you didn't know. But I knew there was no way I could pull less than 35 because even if I was an absolute moron and a dog, I, name just being on there, you've got your people that vote party line without knowing anything. And again, this is a part of the problem. Well, I'm going to go straight Democrat. I'm going to go straight Republican. Uh-huh. Again, no thinking process like Marty said a minute ago. No consideration. And here's what Tip O'Neill, the dictator that was running the uh, corporation's side of the House of Representatives for several decades. What did Tip have to say? All politics is local, he said. He wasn't wrong. Do you think it matters who your choice for the CEO for the corporation is? Do you think it matters? No, because they clearly put in whoever they want. They did it back in 2000, and they've done it since then. But we had to go to the new electronic system because we can't trust those hanging chads. Those hanging chads changed the election results. Didn't matter that Bush was cheating just as badly as the other clown. And his brother was, of course, running Florida at the time. But because of that, we went straight to electronic voting machines. And I knew right then, oh, they've got back doors. You think when you go in there in those electronic machines and you push that little, this is my choice for a dictator, counts you as one vote? Oh, no. There's multipliers on that. And then you do these very strange math. And that strange math is what determines it. Assuming, assuming they don't hook these things up to the Internet, which we know for a fact they did in this last election cycle. And again, Marty and I despise Trump as much as we despise Hillary Clinton. Okay? We despise both of them because we consider them both to be criminals and for good reason. So all you Trumpers out there, you can get as offended as you want. If you think he was one of the good guys, he was a liberal Democrat for all his life until he ran as a Republican. And he acted the part. Not that the Republicans are any better. There's a reason we call them Democrats. There's a reason we call them Rebloodicans. All wars are bankers' wars. But there was so much pushback. They couldn't overcome the numbers in 2016. But what happened in 2020? Oh, we know that too. Even the Democrats know they cheated. You look at the brain-dead man running around there in the White House. And it's funny, there was a video that came out a few days ago. Biden was walking around, looking lost in space. Yet Barry Satoro was there also, and everybody was surrounding Barry Satoro, the former president. Was anybody interacting with the current one? Oh, no. He was a figurehead. The international bankers laughed at us when they put Biden in charge. I told you before the election, before the election, that Biden would be president. Not because of the polling. I knew that. 
I would be surprised if he got more than 20 or 25% of the vote. No. Why did I know? Because Jamatria, that was issue number one, were all on him. And two, Barry Sotoro, a.k.a. Barack Hussein Obama, in the inauguration of Donald Trump, in the inauguration day of Donald Trump, walked by a camera with with, uh, Biden right at his side and said to Biden, this will be you soon, to which Biden replied, yep. That was it. Video's still out there. You can find it for yourself. You think this all isn't scripted down to the smallest detail, folks? Oh, please. Oh, please wake up. Please wake up. Please. And I told you something else then, too. Yes, he will be president. But this is about Kamala Harris. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you right now. No, the president always seems to lose positions at the midterms in the House and Senate. That's a given. But it's going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats this year. It's going to be a wipeout. And they're going to come out and point to Biden and say it's all on Biden and he's incompetent and he's incapable. Therefore, he needs to step down as president. And who gets elevated? Oh, that would be Kamala Harris. Folks, did you pay attention at all to who was giving a speech when they were talking about that new, quote-unquote, Supreme Court, and there's nothing supreme about it, and it's, again, a private corporation, trades on Wall Street, but again, we don't care about that, do we? You know, facts don't matter. Why wasn't it Biden giving that speech? This was my choice for who the new Supreme Court justice was going to be. A black woman who can't even identify what a woman is. Boy, there's an issue. That isn't a big red flag. I don't know what is. Oh, the fact that she supports pedophilia. Oh, that has no relevance either here, right? No. Just they're busy pushing it every way they can. Damn people down there in Florida don't say gay. You think that was what that bill was about? No. <laughs> there wasn't any language like that in the bill. Not at all. It says, stop grooming kids. But again, you send your people to, your young people to slave camps to not get educated, but to get indoctrinated. Yeah, that's a brilliant strategy. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to outperform educating your kids when these criminals have them for all those hours? Why do you think they had even these before school and after school programs for four-year-olds and five-year-olds and six-year-olds and stuff? Why? Two reasons. One, mom is now having to work because she can't afford to pay the bills anymore on just his income. That's assuming she's even tied to a man these days with divorce rates and marriage rates. Well, what happens? You get indoctrinated young people who can't think for themselves. 
We're busy trying to educate you so that you can think for yourself. Think outside the box. Do you really need a corporate master? Do you really want to be their slave? I'm just asking. I don't care. I'm an anarchist. You do what you want to do. But don't go voting for your slave master and then complain when he extorts all his money that you makes for his profits and his wars of aggression. You think wars aren't killing for profit? Oh, please. The only thing more profitable than war and the military-industrial complex, you know what that is? There's only one thing that is more profitable than war and the military-industrial complex. What is that, John? Slavery. Today is a day of national consecration. And at that point, at that point, he hypothecated every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, and everything that they owned to stand as surety for the United States Corporation's debts. Prior to that, Everybody's deed was signed off by the president of the United States Corporation. This land is paid for. It's good. Now it belongs to whoever. Have you seen any signatures of a president on any of your deeds? Of course not. Why is that? Because you don't own property. Go look at your deed. It tells you you don't own it. You're a beneficiary. But more importantly than that, it tells you, it calls you something very specific. Your deed, with your name in all capital letters, that's the corporation fiction, that's not you, that's your trust, calls you a tenant. A tenant. That makes you a renter. You don't own the land that that house is sitting on. No, that's owned by your slave master. The corporation masquerading as government. But again, they won't teach you what an allodial title is because they don't want you to think that you might have another option than to serve your master and pay those extortion fees in the form of property taxes and pay those extortion fees in the issue of um, taxes on income, which is a big joke. You don't have income. You have a debt note that you get given that you turn around and use for resources. Do you want to know what that actually is? That's a actual just a user fee for Federal Reserve notes that they charge you based on what percentage of Federal Reserve notes you actually need. This is the game, folks. This is the way the world really works. Not how you've been told it works. It's the way it really works. Your social security number, what does that tell you? Do you even know what it is? In order to have a social security number, you must agree to be a federal employee. Are you getting a paycheck every month from the United States Corporation? Well, some of you may be in the form of some kind of a handout, but most of you don't. Why? Because you've been press-ganged into serving the trust. Now, you still get some of the benefits of being a member of that trust as well. I wouldn't really call them benefits, but again, I can see where some people might consider them to be benefits. Go in and get your clot shots for free. Give them that social security number. 
What is that number? That number is the part of the trust assigned to you. And when Monty and I saying it's for profit, when they kill you for profit, these corporations masquerading as governments, what are you talking about, John, you might ask? Let me explain it. They made promises to you that they can't keep. Pay into the social insecurity. Pay into it. And at the tail end of your working life, you'll have it there for you. Now, back in the early 90s, I was given a uh, assignment in English class. I was going to college part-time at the time when I was still in the Army. And that assignment, ladies and gentlemen, that I gave myself was to learn about social insecurity. And it was an education, all right. It was supposed to be like four or five pages. By the time I was done, I had 45 pages. Because anytime I do something, I don't do it half-ass. I do it all in. I want facts. It's also the only time I saw a New York Democrat actually talk with some integrity. It was a senator. I can't even think of his name right now. He'd been there forever. Hillary Clinton got his spot when he died. I'll think about it here in a minute or two, I'm sure. Moynihan. Daniel Moynihan. But again... Oh, and here's another one. I should this several years ago on my timeline. Remember when I kept talking about how we didn't win the Revolutionary War? Well, how is it that over in England, England, they voted on American Social Security? Hmm. Things that make you question your reality. And I, it wasn't some fringe thought. It wasn't some conspiracy theory. I took you straight to their website. The UK government website. They voted on American Social Security. Wake up, please. Please. If you think these people have your interest in heart, when they poison you, mandate you, shut down your business, throw you in cages for not going along with their criminal agenda or challenging their narrative or challenging them in general, even though you've never harmed anybody, while at the same time people that actually do harm, criminal bankers get to walk free, Oh, we just find them a few billion dollars. It doesn't matter. Change in the grand scheme of things are the trillions they've pillaged from us. Catherine Austin Fitz and her little study that she did a lot of years ago was showing where trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars were disappearing. And then somebody challenged her on it and she pointed this uh, economist to it and he started researching. He was a college professor. And he came back and says, you're right. Oh, my word. I thought you were nuts. You're right. And that was only $6 trillion. So he started getting all his students involved. And they continued researching and researching. And he was up to like 14 or $15 trillion 
dollars. That's with a T, folks. And then they stop producing those numbers for people to be able to eyeball. Gee, there's a shocker. Going back to what Marty was talking about, 9-11. What happened on 9-10? We had somebody come out and say, oh, we're missing a couple trillion dollars in the U.S. government's military side. Uh Missing my tailpipe. And coincidentally, just like Marty said, inside job because all of those locations had all the financial records and the bushes couldn't hide those records without those locations getting destroyed because the bushes were behind this 100% no that's not conspiracy theory that's conspiracy fact believe what you want to believe some terrorists hijacked an airplane and flew it into two buildings and three buildings fell down in their footprints that day. Yeah, the math really works there. And do you think for a second, a single split second, that anything could reach the Pentagon that they didn't want to reach it? That's assuming there was actually something there. I think it was bombed inside the building. That's personal opinion. It was either that or a missile strike. I don't know which. Syria's missile strike based on the fact that there were some um, light poles that were knocked over. But it damn sure wasn't an airplane. Big boom. Conveniently, all the places where the people were doing finance, all of a sudden they weren't around anymore. How convenient is that? And then, oh, John, that's conspiracy theory, is it? Is it? When you have a man sitting there giving his talk to the Congress into the investigation committee of how this happened, and he was talking about being in the same room as the vice president at the time. It's approaching several miles out. What do you want us to do? Let it go. It's closer. What do you want us to do? Let it go. And I'm paraphrasing here. It's only two miles out. Told you to let it go. Boy, that sounds an awful lot like uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson talking about the uh, USS Liberty. I want that goddamn ship at the bottom of the ocean. But we don't have any criminals in government. Come on now. That's all conspiracy theory. You want to know the last day that I filled out tax paperwork for the IRS? was in 2000 because in 2001 I watched a criminal enterprise commit a terroristic act on my soil and I said screw them now I've since learned far more and I could take on the IRS all day long kill them where they can kiss off because once you know the actual what they're doing and how they're doing it and you can challenge all that bullshit right out the starting gate Right out the starting gate. But go ahead and pay your extortion fees, folks. Go ahead. I call it supporting terrorism, but you do what you want to do. Until you recognize government for what it is, a group of parasites and criminals, just like the mafia, 
And they've always acted the part. Back and look at all the heroes of the revolution. All the heroes. And then we find out that the same heroes, the leaders, declared war on the people that helped them, quote-unquote, win the war. Why? Because they didn't want to pay taxes. And they were trading in alcohol because that was all there was to trade. They didn't have money. There wasn't money circulating around. And again, if you don't know that the Revolutionary War wasn't fought over anything other than money, the states wanted, well, the colonies at the time, wanted the right to produce their own. And the colonies were, had gotten rich by contracting with one another. Hey, Joe, I want some of your corn this year. I'll give you some of my beans. Bushel for bushel. Okay, not a problem, John. We got a contract. And then his corn gets produced. I get the bushel and I give him my bushel of beans and the contract is fulfilled. And when England came in and says, oh, no, we can't be doing this. Uh Uh-uh. Can't be cutting out the middleman. We got to get our share, which is, again, all taxes are. We take a percentage of everything. All of a sudden, we're in an area where, where there used to be full employment. There were all these people that were unemployed. And again, if you haven't read any history books by people that were there at the time, where they talk about all this, we would have gladly paid a couple cents on the taxes for tea. Gladly. But it wasn't about taxes on tea. That was just the latest irritation. All wars are bankers' wars. And the Federal Reserve and governments that can create armies, arm them, and send them to war for murder and profit. And whether those armies are wearing costumes, badges, and guns, green uniforms, or white uniforms is not nurses and doctors. When you have that ability and you choose to mass murder people for profit and the slave class doesn't see it coming, cannot and will not end. I've gone to very, very great lengths to explain how this system really works. I have explained murder for profit down to the slightest detail. Do your own research. Don't believe the guy talking to you. Do your own research. But believe me when I say this. If you're expecting good things to come out of an evil enterprise, I don't know. That's ludicrous in my book. It's the thinking of an insane man doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same results is the explanation for insanity. So if you think you're going to change the world and change the system by voting for your favorite slave master this election cycle, 
And by the way, the more important ones aren't what you think they are. They're your county commissioner, your city councilman, your local clerk masquerading as a judge, your local shire of Reeve. If you're thinking that the congressman matters or the senator matters or the president, a.k.a. CEO of the corporation matter, and your vote matters in putting them there, you're not paying attention. They control the vote. They control the outcomes. And they make the choices now because they have that ability. And again, this is not conspiracy theory. This has nothing to do with 2020 even. I've been talking about this issue now for going on 10 years. There's a website been dedicated for it. You can probably find it if you go out there and do a search. It's been so many years since I've been to it, I forgot it. But it's out there. And it talks about the voting machines. It has links to congressional inquiries and inquiries into state representative, you know, inquiries and all that kind of stuff. But again, when I tell you they are trying to kill you and have already killed many of your friends and neighbors, they've already injured many of your friends and neighbors. When they poison you with 5G, they poison you with fluoride in the water. They poison you with chemtrails in the air. They poison your mind with their indoctrination and propaganda. Poison you with their genetically modified organism crap masquerading as food. And they use trauma-based mind control on you, which is poisoning down to your core being. Economic warfare. Warfare of morals, undermining the country's foundationals. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an all-out war against every one of us. And until we stop falling for the divide-and-conquer strategy and the problem-reaction-solution crap, that they pull on us every day to move us in the direction they want to move us. Nothing is going to change. If you want to survive this crap that they're doing, you better not count on any quote-unquote government for help. Their goal is to get us to kill one another. First with injections and violence and eventually with one another on the streets. And I, for one, am doing nothing but exposing their fraud and their corruption so that we can stop the civil war that they're trying to start. And again, I've made this abundantly clear. You want to stop all this insanity? It can be stopped. It can be. Hold these criminals accountable for their actions. It's why my documents I file into the court cases call them out. And they aren't challenged. They can't challenge the facts. 
134 crimes of government agents. It's on my Facebook. It's on Odyssey. 134 crimes of government. Felonies. Every single day. And some of these felonies are done every couple minutes in a kangaroo court. If we do that out here, we go to jail for years, if not a lifetime. But when they do it, it's just business. Well, they can take this business and take this job and shove it. I'm done with it. Survive this. Be smarter than they are. Figure out how to survive their system. Figure out what you're going to do when they go to a central bank digital currency tied into a computer system to force you into their perfected slave system. See, we literally are at a crossing point. We will either have freedom in the next couple of years or absolute tyranny and slavery. And if you think it's a few bankers and a few corrupt politicians that are going to make that decision, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You're wrong. It will be the people decide which route they're going. But as long as you keep voting for your slave masters, expect them to continue to treat you as the slaves that you are. Back to you, Marty. You know, in all of this, John, um, you know, you you talk at length. I talk when I can. Um, written articles, so much research done by people putting things out there. And the fact that the general public pushes back and yells conspiracy theory or you're a, lunatic, you're a tinfoil hat wearer and they just keep getting trounced on. They just keep getting nailed and put down. Uh, as far as this currency thing goes, um, they're going to use this. The, the U.S. petrodollar no longer be in the reserve currency as more reason why we need to go to a digital currency. And I saw recently, too, uh, where they're telling people to get in their piggy banks and spend their change because there's a change shortage. No, there isn't. Never was. Never was. When this whole hoax, hoax first started, they immediately shut down the... the um, Treasury, where they they stamped the coins, shut it down, said everybody had COVID. What do you think? I don't think so. And if you went into stores, you had to have exact change, or if you gave them, like if you spent 78 cents out of a dollar and you actually used money, they would only give you back the change, the, you know, the 22 cents in change as a credit. You didn't actually get the money back because there was a coin shortage. And I pointed out several times, John, there isn't a woman walking around with a purse that doesn't have one to two pounds of change rolling around in it. And people at home collect pennies and this and that and something else. There is a ton of coins. At the same time they were telling everybody this about this supposed coin shortage, the U.S. Treasury was ta- was talking about having a back inventory that was just massive because nobody was ordering coins. And so they get caught in this. So this is what really gets me about all of this. They they get caught in this stuff. They'll tell this lie, and then something comes out that totally disputes what they've said, and they just go on like they never said anything. But 
we're we're in for a rude awakening in this country. This is going to be ugly. And they are going to move us all to digital currency. And I firmly believe, if you think I'm wrong, say so. But this is why they're after vaccinating even babies and toddlers, is they want to get that onboard operating system in that and fully operational before they come of age where any kind of a currency, digital otherwise, will be needed. I've seen where they want to have uh, debit cards for kids who get an allowance, a debit card on whose account. And um, why would a kid need a debit? Well, it's safer. Safer? Why would it be safer? You either steal the cash from them, if that's what you're talking about, or you march them up to an ATM and make them pull the money out. There is no safety in this, not in the respect they're thinking, they're talking about. John, I don't know what to do anymore. (laughs) You watch people online And they're still talking. Now, I firmly dispensed with the right versus left and the Democrats versus Republicans a long time ago, and especially after I was out in D.C. A friend of mine who was out there said there is no difference. It shakes down this way. Politics are all on board with the same thing. They're all doing the same thing. One of them plays, you know, the bad guy and one of them plays the good guy. But other than that, the way it breaks down is if they're Republican, it's gays and prostitutes and kids. And if they're Democrat, it's prostitutes and kids. And that's how it shakes down who's doing what. I mean, for God's sake, even during Bush 1's reign of terror, we had all those male prostitutes who got a midnight tour of the White House. Why do you suppose that was? Quite frankly, looking at this stuff, it is so costly to engage in it. You have to be well off in order to participate. You can't be some regular run-of-the-mill Joe Blow and do this. You have to have lots of money, lots of backing. But I just don't, you know, go back to the beginning of the show. People came at me, oh, you're this conspiracy. They're not murdering people for money. And yes, they are. You are a commodity. You are referred to as a commodity. You are the largest, most valuable asset the country has. And not because you're a model citizen. It's because you can be bought, sold, and traded. We've talked also, uh, Marcia Southwick and I, Marshes with the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. We did some shows here recently. Even when you die, they ain't done with you, honey. There is a whole underground business running where they're selling body parts, severed heads, arms and shoulders, entire torsos. They're selling dead people for research and to universities for research to labs of all kinds. There's money. That's why they'll never stop abortion. There is so much money in aborted baby parts and organs that it is just staggering. They will never quit. We are a commodity from birth to death. Uh, we just here the other night was talking to some broadcasters out of Colorado, and they were fighting. They were trying to have a bill up out there, John, that if you're in guardianship, and you die, they can wait up to, I think it was six months to inform the family. Why? 
Well, because six months might be needed to clean out all the accounts, transfer all the property, and they want to make sure they got everything. And then at the end of that six months, they just said, oh, well, um, we set up our own uh, burial cremation services, and they're gone. I suspect what actually happened is, is they got parceled out and sold. And they don't tell the family. Then when the family does it, they say, oh, we cremated them, what was left of them. But And the first hint I got of this was a couple of years ago, interviewing uh, Barry Taub out of Alabama. He's a mortician. He was on that uh, CBS whistleblower show with Peter Van Zandt, who tried to make him look like a fool. And But he said, I started noticing after 30 years in the business, good name, reputation. He said, I was getting bodies coming in, missing tendons and bones, some of them eviscerated. And he said, and I told a friend of mine about it because he said, I went to the head of the company that I work for, and he got mad and threatened to fire me, told me to shut my mouth. He said, I told a friend, he sent me to a friend of his at the FBI. They filed suit. They went to court. And, of course, Barry never saw a dime. The um, attorneys took everything. And um, But that was the first inkling I got of this. My point here is this. They are making money off of us birth to death, before birth and after death. They're making money off. We are a commodity until we stop letting the government treat us as a commodity, as a product. This is never going to change. It's never going to change. You know, when they, if you remember, John, it's just been here in the last couple of years, they passed bills all over the place um, that you could abort right up to birth. What? And... So you have a live birth abortion where the baby comes out and if they have a market for it, uh, it's just basically whisked away um, until they can transport it. As we've talked about on other shows, it's just like organ harvesting. That is done on the live individual. If your body is deprived of oxygen for even two minutes, your organs are useless. So people are put on live support, all kinds of things done. But evisceration is done while you are conscious. They give you a paralytic, just like they do in state executions, so that you can't scream, move, or do anything else while they cut you up. And we had a doctor come on two or three times talking about this. These babies are defenseless. One nurse reported watching them sever heads from live babies. Take the heart out of a baby where it was still beating. And she's just screaming bloody murder. This goes on every day. It goes on every day. They've got down to, like I say, they're buying and selling us. And us out here in no man's land have no value. Not to them. Not to them other than what they can get out of us if they can parcel us out, sell us off, screw us over. It just basically, John, I think we've turned into a nation of ghouls personally. But we've just got a few minutes left here. John, did you have any last comments you wanted to make? While we're on the subject matter of currency, coins, and killing babies for profit, they're doing away with the penny. They've been threatening to do it now since I was a teenager, and it looks like next year or the year after, pennies are done. And again, in 1983, they based the penny from a copper point into a zinc with copper coating. 
Well, even with that now, it's too expensive to produce, so they're doing away. The five-cent coin has around eight cents now, metal. Five-cent coin does. Now, has the value of the nickel gone up even as it circulates and gets worn down other than as a collectible item in BU condition, brilliant and circulated? No. But the value of the dollar being compared to it is going down in the same way that back in 1933, the very first act of the criminal banker Franklin Delano Roosevelt did after he hypothecated everything was he stole the American people's gold. Turn in your gold and your gold certificates. No, I said certificate. I didn't say note. Turn them in. And the patriotic fools of the dime says, oh, yes, massa, turned in their gold and their gold certificates, which were actually had gold backing them. We don't have anything backing the Federal Reserve note now. And what did he do after that? Magically, out of nowhere, well, now the gold is now worth $35 an ounce when it was only worth $20.63 a few weeks ago. Giant, big windfall for the bankers. Giant, big windfall for the government. Stolen from the people. New deal, remember? And while we're on that particular subject, they stole our silver back in 1965. We don't have time to get into all the details. Now, why do they want you to turn in the coins like Monty said? They don't want them out there because that's actually something that people can use. See, during the War of Northern Aggression and every other war prior to that, coins were a way of making a deal with one another. And they were always the first thing to go away when they came out with their greenback thing. Well, which would you rather have, a greenback which was worthless Kind of like the Continental. You remember that statement, folks? Not worth a Continental, which was basically saying the Continental dollar was worthless too. Well, what's the deal? Simple. All fiat currencies always go to nothing. At least a little piece of metal is still a little piece of metal, regardless of what it is. And Marty, I agree with you. We have become ghouls. We murder people for profit. We carve them up for profit. And we sit back and let them peddle people for profit. And I'm sick of it. We need to be ashamed of ourselves. To change the world, we first must change ourselves. Back to you. Well, we've just got about a minute left here um, to all of those who threw up and had a fit that we were going to be talking about. I hope you got some answers tonight, some information to follow up on. Do your own research. You're not going to believe anything we say. We already know that. Well, we're just conspiracy. The way we, uh, uh, the fact checkers checked it and said that's not true. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. Anyway, it's all verifiable. Do your own research. Convince yourself or not. Again, thank you everybody that tuned in. Uh, we had a large crowd tonight. I, we usually do, but I'm surprised after all the flack that I got that that many of you showed up, but I'm glad you did. 
But I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the original Whistleblower Summit will be there this year, the end of July. So watch for it. We'll have big announcements about it all over the place. As for everybody else, I hope you have a good evening. Again, thank you for tuning in, and good night. Good night, John. Good night, world. Good night, Marty.